might have heard that the Talica boys were gonna play some heavy shit tonight. Welcome back to Metal Tales from the Road. We're here again to document each show. I'm sure those of you out there in Metalla land uh, know the drill by now. I'm here with a uh, friend and patron, Paul Miller. How you doing, Paul? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing Good. great. I'm excited to awesome. talk about this show. Uh, this was the sixth show on the tour at the Bell That's MTS right. place in Winnipeg, Canada. Yes. I get a kick out of what all these arenas are called. They're the most, they're the most cumbersome names you can imagine. Yeah, they just recently switched over. It used to be MTS Center, but I don't know. Somehow, someone just wanted to change the name to Bell MTS Place, but whatever. It is what it is. So, <laughs> so they went from center to place. That seems so yeah. unnecessary. Very much so. Yeah, you're not the only one. A whole bunch of us here think it was all very unnecessary. Well, and you'll sometimes like, you know, are, do you live in Winnipeg? I do, yes. It's like you build a yes. relationship with a venue, and then when some corporation changes it, it's like... Like, I was just listening to these Dave Matthews, uh, I listened to a Dave Matthews podcast, I'm a big Dave Matthews yeah. fan, and they were talking about these Deer Creek shows, which are huge, and they renamed it to some, like, CBS mortgage, mortgage house arena, and they're like, everyone's just calling it Deer Creek, we're just going to call it Deer Creek, you know? Yeah, I know it is MTS Center, and, you know, it's always going to be that way, so. I gotta say, Paul, I've done some touring up there in Manitoba, and uh, <laughs> that's a that's one cold place in the winter, dude. It is. It is actually a couple provinces. Alberta actually just got a crop load of snow just the other day. So mm-hmm. winter's on its way. <laughs> I know it's beautiful. Uh, it other, is, otherwise, yes. I mean, I when I went to tour up there, the, some of the people I was touring with had they had more experience, and they told me they were like, "Hey, bring seriously, bring some warm clothes, like for real." No, it's, yeah, yeah, and, for real. It's freaking cold up here in the wintertime. Well, dude, the clo- <laughs> so I did bring warm clothes. Like I brought jackets mm. and such. I yeah. had to go buy clothes when I got there. Because the clothes <laughs> nice. I brought like weren't like I had to buy the long underwear, which I'd never had in my yeah. life. Yeah, and wear long underwear under all my clothes. I believe it. Yeah, it's pretty chilly up here, middle of January, February. Yeah. So, how many shows have you seen? Uh, this was my fifth show. Cool. Uh, that I've seen them. Yeah. What were the other four? Let's just go down that line. Uh, my first show was actually the '92, um, the uh, Black Album tour, and I've been going to them ever since '97. Uh, was that's the low tours, and then oh, 04, and then the Death Magnetic one, and then to last night was uh, most recent. Awesome. And every one of them in Winnipeg, every one of them was in Winnipeg, yeah, yeah. So cool. So you, you've been catching them, and what do you think about Hardwired? I mean, are you as excited about this record as we all, as the fan base seems to be? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, the whole CD is pretty good. I'm more of a fan of um, the first CD. Mm-hmm. I think the music, the songs in there are a lot more better than they are on the second one. Don't get me wrong. The second CD is also fairly good myself. I, I say think, myself. So I, I think most people feel that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like I don't really skip any except maybe Murder One, but the, fir- yeah. the first six songs on disc one are, are no they're doubt. Great. They're, they're like all six classics almost. I agree with that. Yeah, they're great. What's your great kind of songs. what's your jumping on point with Metallica? 
Um, I came on in 91. Um, at this point, though, the Black Album wasn't released yet. So the first song I actually heard was um, One. And I came with a friend of mine and we heard this, you know, this the <laughs> sound. It's like, what is that, mm. you know? And that was, you know, Larson, you know, playing the kick drums. And at that point, it's like, holy man, these guys are awesome. And, you know, bought the one uh, cassette at the time. <laughs> mm. And then from there on, it was, you know, puppets. You know, we went into that and ride and kill. And then uh, the Black Album came out. It's like, that was a little different. But, you know, it was still good. It's so surprising to me how many people really did come online with the song One. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. when you think about, oh, they made a video, why would they do this? And all, it, You start to talk to folks, and it's like, you realize that One was really what took them, even even before, you know, obviously pre-Black Album, but One's really yeah. the video, I don't know if it was the video or what. I don't have a sense of if they were playing it on the radio. I'm guessing they weren't playing mm-hmm. it on the radio. Well, we heard it because um, our music channel here was Much Music at the time, and... Uh, they didn't really play rock videos mm-hmm. at the time, like nothing to that. So we were, friends and I, my parents were in the, in the U.S. and we were listening to uh, MTV. And it was Headbangers Ball, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. And that's where we heard, like, that's where we saw the video. It's like, other than that, I've never heard of them before. It's right. Like, you know, these guys rock. You got to look into it. They seem to have a pretty good relationship with Canada. I know they filmed through the Never and Edmonton and uh, mm-hmm. and Vancouver, yeah, Vancouver, and then then Quebec Magnetic, of course. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it seems like the fans up there. I, I wonder if it's because you know it's hard. Maybe it's harder for people to get up there to do shows, so that when people finally do, they're so grateful. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not too sure what that is. I mean, you know, yeah, us, I guess. <laughs> what was the crowd like at this show uh, in Winnipeg? Oh man, it was freaking insane. It was. You know, just the build-up um, from you know Jim Brewer, of course, is you know hosting the sh- like the first half of the opening, I guess mm-hmm, you'd say. Mm-hmm. And I guess from the last sh- half hour or so, from the t- from the time they came on to the time he was like they were really blasting the music, it was the build-up, the energy in the place was just insane. And what you know, what was the last show that you were able to see? Uh, the Death Magnetic Tour. Okay, cool. So it's been yeah, a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute for you. Yeah, it's been about what a decade, I guess. And then you, uh, you sent us that picture. You were able to take your son, right? Yes, yes. Actually, um, it was myself, my wife, uh, my son, which was his first show, and my dad. It was wow. his first show as well. Yeah, so multi so, multi generational. Yes, and they all loved it. So. Can you, can you imagine telling like a, a true quote unquote like in 1986 or whatever that. Yeah, man, one day people are going to take their whole families to these shows. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> your wife, your kid, your dad. Yeah, and he's 72, so wow. and he was in there too. Yeah, he was right in there and was like, say, right on. This is pretty cool. What a cool thing to share with your family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's been trying to go since, oh, since 91 as well, and he's never, ever gone. And, uh, you know, logistics and timing and all that just couldn't go, and... Now it's like, hey, happy birthday. It's his birthday in the next couple months, so we nice. got him a ticket, and there you go. So it sounds like in the early 90s when you were listening to the Black Album and probably blasting it, he was pretty supportive of that. He wasn't a uh, he oh, wasn't, wasn't so. afraid of the heavy music, the scary oh, my, drums and nah. guitars. No, not at all. He he loved it. I mean, him and I have even as recently gone to like a whole bunch of rock shows as him and I, really hard, heavy shows. So 
That's so awesome, good. dude. Pretty good. It's very cool. And it wasn't mm. your son. How, it, it wasn't your son's first concert. What is his first Metallica no, concert? No, first first Metallica show. Yes, his first Metallica one. He's been to a few others. So, yeah. What are uh, what are some of his favorite bands? Well, first of all, how old is he? I'm just trying to get a feel for what the kids like. He's 14. Days. What are some of his favorite bands? Um. Oh, well, he's uh, Guns N' Roses. He likes Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my God! Anything heavy and really loud. <laughs> he really likes yeah, yeah. A chip off the old block from the old man exactly huh? you betcha <laughs> <laughs> my you daughter bet. is only four and uh you know I'm, I'm trying to wait for when to when to unload metallic on her but uh she does love the beatles so i do feel yeah. proud about that well you know even at that age like when he was three four five i never forced him to listen to it, but i always had like metallica in the background right for music and, you know, he just started one day because, you know, I had rock bands, I had video game. He just started pounding away on the drums to it. And, you know, that's and right from there. It's Metallica, Metallica. You always liked him. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about good. let's talk about you guys getting to the show. You you, you, sure. you briefly mentioned Jim. What, what was the feeling in the arena about Jim said? Uh, you know, it's kind of been a thing that the journey from Madison till now, he's kind of honed it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, he did. Uh, I guess it was about half hour of some comedy, which was actually pretty good. He was really good with some of his comedy. Um, Are the jokes kind of about metal and music? Does he tailor it towards uh, some of them? Yeah. I wish I remember them all, but I don't really remember them all. But some of it, more, most of it is geared to, like, metal. Right. Um, yeah, I just wish I remember a lot of it. But I can just say, like, his show was really good. I was very impressed. Com- remembering comedy is, is hard because pe- mm-hmm. people forget that, I mean, they're doing, like, a joke every 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and exactly. If, if they're set, even if they're setting up kind of a longer joke, that's you're talking ninety second, ninety seconds. So that's true too. They yes. just they just give you so much info. That's why for like a comedian to have a, a really good hour of comedy, that's such an accomplishment. So it's harder to do than I think people realize. I agree. Yeah. And then so for did sure. he also do like some of the more interactive crowd stuff? Um, he had another host with him. You know, I don't remember his name. Was his name Joe uh, or J- Joe or Jim? Joe, yes, okay. Joe. I, I do believe it's Joe. Now I remember him. And he was the one that's doing a lot more of the, um, a lot more like going into the crowd, like upgrading people and like uh, the balconies and nosebleeds, upgrading their tickets to the floor. Wow. You know, like he went up to um, a father and son. He's like, you know, you guys, father and son, your ages. Well, here you go on courtesy of Lars. You guys have been upgraded to the floor. Here's two tickets. And, mm, courtesy of Lars. That's interesting. Yeah, he said courtesy of Lars. Like, okay, that's pretty cool. And I think he get, as far as I remember, they gave away like six tickets to the floor. And, and where were you guys sitting? Um, I was a few rows up. I wasn't on the floor like some of the other guys that, have been, that you've talked to. So I've got to see the whole production aspect of the show, like with the cubes and everything, which was amazing. And know? that's kind of the trade-off, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, Yeah. Yeah, I could see like why these guys are saying like, you know, they missed – like seeing all the the video on the cube because mm-hmm. you're right under and you don't see them obviously, but I got to see you know the whole thing. It was pretty awesome. It was really good. Let's talk about the cubes for a minute. Sure. I, don't think, I don't think we've talked about that much in the in the mm-hmm. Metal Tail series. So, is I think it's like a hundred cubes. Uh, fifty two. Okay, fifty two cubes, and they are they bigger than they look? Like how big do they seem? They they're a lot bigger than like what i you know i've seen clips on youtube from mm-hmm. the european tour right and they're a lot bigger like up close really you know 
really big. And they have like an LED screen on each side, right? Are there are there screens? Yeah, yeah. Are there screens yeah. on the bottom of the of the cubes? Not on the bottom, no. Okay. Just on all four sides. Yeah, just on all four sides. One of the things I've been pretty impressed with is how fast they seem to move. Yeah, they're pretty quick because they move up and, and down and. Yeah, yeah. Like during some of the songs, I can't. Um, they're they're showing the video and these things are whipping up and down in the air pretty quick. Right. It's pretty pretty amazing to see that. I imagine if one fell, it'd be pretty dicey. Oh yeah, I mean someone's toast. <laughs> so Jim yeah. upgrades some tickets and stuff, and then he splits. Yeah. And then uh, this is what I've been curious about that no one else has mentioned. So sure. as soon as he's done, do you do they start to roll um, the ACDC song, or is there like another twenty or thirty? Like, what's um, the time like? As soon as he's done, I think they played uh, one or two songs prior to the ACDC tune. Okay. And that was about maybe what fifteen minutes or so, twenty minutes. Okay, and cool. Then, so not too uh, long. AC, no, and then ACDC comes on, and then Ecstasy. So how are you guys feeling during Ecstasy? Pretty pumped, I imagine. Uh, pretty pumped, yeah. I'm pretty pumped. I mean, I've I heard that you know five times, you know, live. Well, four times, I guess, because they didn't play during uh, the loads. But oh, that's right. It, um, every time, it's just you have an adrenaline rush, you know, pumping through. You. I was. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, are you doing the thing where, because it's, it's the first time for your wife and son and dad, are you kind of doing <clears> the thing where you're like, okay, this is the song they played, this is exciting, they're about to come out. Are you kind of like giving them a tour of the show as it's happening? Um, well, my wife had an idea, because her and I were at the Death Magnetic tour okay, together. So that was, she's seen that was her first show. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was her first show. And I kind of didn't want to tell my dad or my son anything. I wanted to be more of a surprise shock. That's awesome. You That's know? great. So he, he had... My son and dad had a kind of an idea of the ecstasy after that, you know, you know, figure it out for yourself, you know, but they caught on pretty freaking quick. <laughs> I imagine just thinking of myself as a father, uh, it'd be tempting for me to want to be watching my daughter react to the show almost the whole oh. time, just to see it through her eyes almost, you know? Yeah, I got video of that to him just, you know, headbanging away to some of the songs. And it's just like, yes, right on. Oh, know? that's great, dude. Yes, it was great. It was awesome to see that. So for you, unlike some of the people I've talked to, I mean, I'm interested in this because the black mm. the black ticket holders, it's so cool. They get to see multiple shows, but yes. in some ways, they get to sort of um, they sort of interpret it through the lens of they're gonna they're gonna see an aggregate of shows. But someone like mm-hmm. you, this might be one of the only times you can see this tour. Yeah, this will probably be the only time I get to see it on this tour. Is right. right? Yes. Yeah. So what are your thoughts about? They come out with Hardwired and Atlas, the kind of the one-two p- album punch. And they of course start the Hardwired tape, but. You know, when mm-hmm. the boys finally take the stage, what are your thoughts while that's happening? It's, again, like, it's just the, the adrenaline. You're just in there, you know, your your fists are going, you're screaming, yelling, and, <laughs> you know, you're throbbing. You're just, you're, it's, oh, yeah, it's just undescribable feeling. Are you, you know? a, uh, are you a karaoke dude? Do you, are you singing along during the show? Uh, more like yelling. <laughs> <laughs> more like yelling along, yeah. Just like, screaming I and had, yelling. Yeah, I had no voice. To like early this morning, I, my voice was shot from this screaming and yelling. That is one of the most fun feelings of exhaustion ever. Mm-hmm. Is after a good show. Yeah, and like I don't know, I just can't do it like I used to. <laughs> oh, dude, tell 40, me about it. Forty-two years old, and it's like, oh my god. You yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to pace yourself so, these days. Yes, yes, exactly. I think that's kind of the story with all of us, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe not, was, your, maybe not your son, but. <laughs> yeah, no, he was. He could have gone for at least for another couple of hours. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to appreciate the youth. 
Oh, 100%, yes. And then, were you able to... I'm sure, so the last time you did see them was Death Magnetic, so you didn't see the stadium yeah. tour last year. Did They They did a no. few Atlanta or uh, Canada shows last year, right? They did, but because there was another big rock um, concert, uh, group going through here at the time, that's why they did bypass Winnipeg. Okay. Yeah, what was Guns the show? Roses here. Guns and Roses. Oh man, that that, yeah. that tour was so huge. I don't know if you guys got to see that. I didn't. Yeah. But... Oh, Guns and Roses. Yes. You did see it. Had to see it. Yes. Yeah. We had to had to go to that one. So. Wow. <laughs> I know this is a I know this is a Metal Tales Metallica thing, but let's just camp out there for just one second. Sure. How was that show for you? Um, it was pretty good. It was amazing. You know, um, Axel sounded pretty decent. Mm-hmm. And, you know, playing for as long as they did is just freaking amazing. I think it was, like, almost three and a half hours. And they were playing, like, just him. and they were playing deep cut, like, did they play Coma at your show? Yes, they did. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah it was It was just unreal. Like, I think it's something, you know, I thought about at some point, like, I think they kind of played a little too long. Dude, I, I saw, you know what I mean? I totally agree. I saw the, so mm-hmm. I didn't see the Slash and Duff, but I saw the kind of Guns N' Roses 2.0 around 2012. Okay. Yeah. It was Axel and Dizzy Reed. Those are the only two original members. Oh, the original members. But they mm-hmm. were, but they were really good. But dude, they played so long that my wife and I, and this is even before we had a kid, we left. Okay. We left while they were still playing because we got too tired. Yeah, I, I, I felt that at one point too when I was there. <laughs> I was like, you know, I know there's like all these songs that come. It's like, oh my goodness, it's like you know, twelve thirty in the morning already. You guys are still going. It's like, oh man. Brutal. But it was fun. Maybe he's just making up for all the the bad press he got in the nineties for in possibly, these, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sort of famously in your home country up there, he incited a riot in Montreal for leaving That's the stage true. too early. You yes, know? I re- I remember hearing all about that and seeing the footage about that. It was crazy. Did James? Did James say? Uh, it sounds so stupid that he might. But did he mm-hmm. say anything about like, hey, I, I got caught on fire in Canada once. It's good to be back. Here. No. N- Never mentioned anything about that, no. Okay. <laughs> no, never never mentioned anything about that, no. <laughs> I mean, it was over 20 years ago. He might be over Yeah, exactly. So back to the set, yeah. they do Seek and sure. Destroy, which is nice. They're doing it more at the top of the set. and Yeah. Big sing-along, right? Was the arena kind of singing along to the chorus? Oh, man. You, you know, at one point, I found that, like, the crowd was drowning him out. It was wow. so loud. Nice. Yeah, it was just insane. It was brutal. It was great. That's a good problem to have at a show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And, and does your son know? Does your son know all the words? Is he is he into it that deep? Um, he knows more of the like the older tunes. Yeah, more like more like kill them all, all back. Yeah, he's pretty good right. with all his lyrics. Yeah. So in the fourth slot, which is the rotating slot, you guys got. I think this is the first or second. Was it the second time they played Rome? I can't remember offhand. Okay. Yeah. And they had that intro tape with the sitar. And... Yeah, yeah, and right away, like the little crowd is just like giving her just big cheers all over the yeah loud it almost seems like that riff was written to play for 20,000 people you know At least, yeah everyone knew what was coming up so that's fun mm-hmm. that's a fun mm-hmm, thing to sure. share the fifth slot you get fade to black yeah that was a nice one too that was a nice little treat and, right there and jumping like, jumping ahead just a little bit but we'll come sure back, obviously not camp out there but you got halo on fire also and it seems like a bummer that they may have been just alternating those, but what a cool treat to get both in that sh- in that show. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, we'll get to well, Halo of Fire. I noticed that I think that was I sad. I hate to say it was kind of the lower point of the show. Well, because no one did, did people like not really know it. I don't know if people. Well, that could have been po- possibly, but I think it kind of like mellowed everything mellowed out. Yeah. And I noticed at that point, that's when everyone started getting up and, you know, going to get their beer or 
do whatever. I noticed that too last year. Mm-hmm. I saw him twice, and the, the two biggest uh, lulls in the show were the drum part of Now That We're Dead and Halo yeah. on Fire. Yeah. I, I noticed that more for Halo this well, time. Let me ask you about Fade to Black, sure. particularly the outro solo. How is Kirk sounding and looking? Did he, did Actually, he sound strong? They, you know what? They all sounded really good. Like Kirk was, Kirk sounded really great. Um, even Lars, I mean, I know he gets a lot of slack playing, you know, his drumming and everything, but he was just pounding on those, you know, at the end, you know, the double kick drums. He's just giving her, you know, it was pretty good. Amazing to see that. Which, which, I guess all the boys sort of have a main side they camp out on. Just to orient us with where you were, who were you facing when they came out? Um, well, I have to see, um, we were kind of, our, the stage was kind of angled to us, so we didn't, it wasn't really like, we were kind of in a corner, like, yeah. all the boys were like at each corner of the stage, and we were kind of like set up in between there. So we really were facing anybody mm-hmm. at that time, at that point, at the start of the show. But you had a good view of Lars. Yeah, because the the, uh, the drum, the riser, kind of rotates every few songs was he hopping off the kid a lot too his famous Lars hop off oh of course of course <laughs> of course oh yeah he's hopping out there getting in the crowd you know with the beer with his whatever he's drinking water beer whatever dumping it on people yeah I've seen him say that it's like uh flavor like you know like flavored soda water flavored. or something there might be vodka in there who knows oh who knows <laughs> I don't know what those dudes are up to so the Now That We're Dead stuff. So this is your first time seeing Now That We're Dead, which, by the way, I, mm-hmm. love, that, I love that song so much on the record. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're a fan of it on the record. Um, it's okay. I find it okay. I mean, I don't skip it by, by any means. Right. Um, seeing that drum part, though, mm. um, I knew, like, we all knew, I knew it was coming. And, you know, I thought it was pretty neat to see them, you know, do all that. It was pretty cool. See, that's the experience I'm talking about. Mm. Like, so for some of us who got to see it a few times, we're like, oh, we don't know, we don't know. But for most people who are only going to get to see it once this year, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's something really different, right? It's different is right. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was pretty neat, you know, seeing them do that. And I know James is like a, you know, a, a quote-unquote frustrated drummer, so that's kind of a moment for him to mm-hmm. kind of go off. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen this, but apparently he has like a moment now, right, with a snare. It's kind of a James moment for a little bit, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, he gets in there for a little bit. The next song is the another rotating slot, and you get Creeping Death. Creeping. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's – out of all the songs, rotating songs I wanted, you know, that's the one I wanted to hear. Nice. You know, and, yeah, just to hear that da 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 dum just everyone just erupts. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I got to imagine, too, that for your son and even your dad maybe – you want mm-hmm. them to have that the 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 bridge experience of the die, oh, yes. the, the fist the pumping die. die, yeah, yeah, the die chant. That's yeah. We were yeah, you, my dad, and him, and I, we were we were all in there just giving her. It's so amazing to me that that was the sec. That's from the second album. Yeah, I know it's it's still a good great tune. Life all these years later, it's such a a huge moment live. Mm-hmm. And of course, you get the one-two punch of "Ride the Lightning" with bells. Bells, yeah, another good tune. Yeah, another great song. You know, loved it. Let's uh, let's get your let's get your opinion on the old famous crab walk. <sighs> oh, do I really have to? <laughs> uh, not not really a fan. Yeah. But uh, you know, he's known for that. Yeah. You know, Rob's known for that. So just, I want, it's like ugh. I know. I wonder if he like regrets introducing it because now he kind of has to do it. Now he has to do his right. If he yeah. didn't do it, it would feel like a missing element of the song. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know, does Kirk does Kirk still do his sort of half, half crab walk with him? He with him? Yes, he did. <laughs> yeah, he still does that, too. It's like, oh, God, it's so cheesy. But I know it's, you know, they're, they have to do it, <laughs> you know. There might be some kid out there that goes on to play guitar and form a band and change the world who will attribute all of that back to the Rob and Kirk crab and half crab walk. Good point. You're right. <laughs> Just looking at the, the positives here. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get Halo on Fire, which you mentioned was yeah. kind of like a pee beer break time. Yeah, because I think just the uh, the momentum for, you know, you're getting like um, Creeping Death, Bells, and you get Halo. It kind of slows down. It's more mellowed out, yeah. I found. And that's when people, I notice, start doing their thing, you know. It may be them all going to have to change their pants after those two songs. Could be, yes. Could be, you know. I know I could have probably could have been that. <laughs> Uh, uh, what I'm real excited about, just I, I wasn't able to see any of this show, so I'm really am just kind of hearing it for the first time through you. But I'm sure. looking at the set list, and in, in the doodle section, I'm seeing that the boys jammed on Devil's Dance uh, for a little bit, yeah, for what? a little bit. That was pretty. That was pretty cool. I mean, that's kind of just a little yeah. treat, you know, a little mm-hmm, a little mm-hmm. reload treat. I was my son was actually hoping they would play that song. That's one of his favorites. Uh, oh my, my reload, man! So yeah, yeah, I knew it. <laughs> So he was hoping they were going to play that one, but and then they did taking care of business. So is that BTO who does That's that? That's BTO, uh, Backman, uh, Randy Backman. Okay. Formed, he was in uh, the Guess Who. Oh, okay. Right in on. the Guess Who, yeah, yeah. So did a little bit of that, which are, is okay. <laughs> are you a B, are you a BTO guy at all? Um, no, I know the songs, it's a couple of songs, but not really a big. It's really weird that taking care of business is such a huge song. It's almost like the only song you have to write in your whole career. Yeah, it exactly. like crossed over into that weird like it'll always be played. People will always know that song. Know that one song for sure. And it seems like a lot of bands really only get one of those. Metallica has a whole bunch. Whole bunch. <laughs> so the next slot really yeah. seems to be morphing into a kill 'em all slot. And you guys got the Four Horsemen. Which Four was, Horsemen. That's the debut of that song so far for this run. Mm-hmm. That's pretty. That's yes, pretty cool. That was pretty good. Played the whole thing too. So. Oh, they did. They they did that middle part. Yeah, they played a whole tune, the whole song. Wow, that's fun. Yeah, it was good. It was great. It was awesome. Yeah. Were there? It seems like when they start playing a song in that slot, you can really see the uh, the die the, the diehards. The oh, trues. the diehards. Oh yeah, you can you can see the diehards for sure. Were there any rowdy folks around you? Everyone pretty mellow. Well, the the section where we were at, there was a couple um, guys in front of us who had you know were indulging. And uh, they told us right from the start that they're there to party and have a good time. It's like right on, you know, bring it. And I appreciate how upfront they were. <laughs> yeah, and you know, it was they had so much fun. Like we had so much fun. Like our whole little area there was about maybe ten of us were like high fiving each other. Oh, and, that's you know, fun. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. A lot what, of fun. What for you looking around like you have with your family, your dad and your son. Looking around, what was what was the makeup of most of the crowd? Were there most people because you're just a few years older than me? Whereas was it kind of most people our age or older? Or um, a good mix of all of it, or I, there's a fair mix. I mean, I think there was more. Like I'm, well, I'm 42. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say you know late 30s, right? 35, 36 around there. But there, I saw you know a fair amount of kids as well. I think the youngest. Um, James was actually, you know, talking about this, saying you know, how there's a, you know, all these different age groups here, and he pinned out one kid at the, he was right on the rail, and he was eight, eight, you know, eight years old on the rail. It's like right on, and you know, 
That's awesome. I mean, I'm certainly I'm certainly not judging anyone, but I don't know if I would take my eight year old to a Metallica show. Well, yeah, yeah, really, especially on the rail. Not, not on the young. rail, yeah. man. Yeah, front row on the rail. It was, you know, it was great. It was awesome seeing that. I I currently live in a paradox with this next thing I want to ask you about. Sure. I'm curious about what the phone situation was. Now, when I'm able to, sometimes I'll, I'll while the show's going down. I'll be on the forums and we'll, we're all kind of chatting about what's going on with the show and we can watch these live streams and it's these people who are holding up their phones just live streaming the show. Oh, now, man, you know, I appreciate oh. them for me when I'm home, but mm-hmm. when you're actually there and especially for me when I'm on stage, it is such a fucking bummer. Oh, I know. I, you know, see, you know, I don't mind seeing that some of that stuff, uh, you know, on YouTube, you know, you want to do it fine. I'll take a few pictures, maybe a video, mm-hmm. but you know, I I even noticed that there's like people watching the concert are like through their phone. It's Unbelievable. like why you know you pay that much for a ticket, you know, and you're gonna watch it through like a little seven inch screen. It's like you know, enjoy it. Like you know, you're not getting the full experience watching it through you know the screen. I mean, these guys are right in front of you, you know. And it's of course their it's their prerogative, you know, and all that. But it but but it it is kind of a shame. It's kind of a missed opportunity. It, it seems like it is. Yeah, I feel you. You know, you miss a lot while you know watching through a little screen. So that's my idea. I just ugh. and I think I think people are and you and I can attest to this being our the age that we are. I mm-hmm. think people are afraid of they're going to forget or something. But you know, I went to a lot of shows before phones were that ubiquitous, and I have a lot of really detailed, fond memories of shows. Oh, I, like yeah. I mean, I remember going to like seeing Metallica the first time for the Blackout. I still remember everything from that show and that was you know we weren't allowed cameras in you know smartphones weren't even invented yet right and you know i remember everything through that and you know many other shows that i've been to it's been really interesting to see that the culture of the of phones growing around shows Mm -hmm. and i just feel like it's at an all-time low for me personally i agree with you i like having my phone in in case something happens in my family or something but well yeah exactly i want to watch the show dude yeah, like, you know, you want to take a picture or so, you know, a little video. You know, I took a video and right. a couple of pictures. That's about it, you know. I want, you know, I paid, you pay that much money or whatever, you know. That's my thought. <laughs> the next slot seems to be, it's Fuel, Memory Remains, and Creep, if I'm yeah. if my memory serves correctly. You guys got Fuel. Yeah, got killer, we got Fuel, yeah. Killer Pyro in that tune, obviously. Yes. Oh, yeah, you could, you could feel the heat. I mean, we were not far off. Um, maybe about 20 rows in the stands and, you know, we could feel the heat coming off of those. I mean, is that one of the first times in the show where you really see pyro? Yeah. Yeah. So that was the first time we saw the pyro. So they, they save it. That's that. I mean, shit, that's 11 songs in. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We didn't see any pyro until then. How is James's voices? He's sounding strong. I mean, so he's six shows in, they get a day off in between. Usually is he sounding good? James sounds freaking awesome. He sounds really good. Oh yeah. 100%. 100%. He's oh, just awesome. Great. So next we get kind of what I'm calling probably the greatest four songs live, the biggest punches, Moth in the Flame, Moth Savage the Flame. Drew. And you, so we were talking earlier about you get to really see everything because of where you're at in the stands. You weren't mm-hmm. on the rail. Let's talk about the, mm-hmm. dro- the drones. Oh, the drones. That was that was pretty neat. Seeing those drones come up. I don't know. I don't even know how many of them there were. The, um, four. I guess there's four different slots on the stage, and they're just... Uh, slowly come up from there and they're doing all these little design things flying around the stage it's 
unbelievable. It's really neat to see that. Did your dad and wife and son, did they know about the drones? Were they anticipating no, it? No, no. So I heard about it. Yeah. Never, never seen it or on YouTube, but I heard about it. Mm -hmm. But even I was amazed. I'm like, this is freaking, it was freaking awesome. It was pretty neat to see that. It's such a cool tr like trick, like production trick. And it, they only use it the one time. It's like almost, mm -hmm. almost a shame too. Like, Ah, go ahead and bring the drones out for puppets too. It's so cool. Yeah, may as well. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was pretty cool to see that. It looked neat. Uh, Sabbath True. What are your Sabbath thoughts True. about that? Oh, I loved it. You know, we kind of knew we were going into it. You know, of course, you know, was, you know, we heard you like heavy. You know, here right, in Winnipeg, right, right. and you know, do you guys want heavy? We knew, you know, right then and there, everyone's just like, yeah, you know. Did he do anything with it? He usually uses that moment to talk about, like, bring a kid up or talk about a kid or anything. Did he do anything that's, like that? That's the, yeah, that's the part where he was talking about, you know, how diverse the crowd was mm -hmm. age-wise. Yeah, that's, and then, then he led into Sabatru, and then there was, like, an 8-year-old, 14-year-old kid there. It was, yeah. I saw in one of the shows, he, he made a pretty funny joke. He's like, hey, I don't want to freak anyone out, but uh, I see some old people here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, I remember that one. He said, yeah, a lot of old people he used for us. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, a lot of old people. But he made a joke, too, about, like, there's even four of them on stage right now, you know? Never used that one, but, yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> and then, of course, you get one yeah. and puppets. One Any, and puppets, Anything yeah. remarkable about those two? Just great songs. You know, great songs for yelling and thrashing, too, and, yeah. How about the guitarmony part, the, the Kirk and, uh, and James Solo oh, and Master of Puppets? They sounded really good, really nice and tight, you know, no, you know, it was it was awesome. They did, sounded really good together. Did the crowd sing along with that melody? Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, not like as much as they do over in like the in Europe, but you can hear people like going, you know, humming it out or singing it out. And yeah, I wonder how that became a thing. Like it's it's more of a European thing for them to sing along the guitar. Parts. It is. It is pretty neat to see that too. I'd like to actually witness something like that. We'll have to ask our friend Tom. There you go. Yes. <laughs> Hi, it's me, Tom. Hello. We like to sing along with guitar riffs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so uh, you, you know they're coming off the big fun. You know, encores yeah. are funny because we all know what the goddamn thing is, but we all yeah. it's almost just part of the show, you know? Mm -hmm. We know they're going to go off and come back on, and it builds anticipation, but maybe the lights go yeah. down. And for you guys, you guys got another kind of debut of this run. You guys got blackened. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was just a, actually a big surprise for the people in our area. We were all expecting spit. Right. But as soon as that tape started, it's like everyone quickly forgot about that. And it's like right on. It's blackened. I mean, to see spit is cool, you know, but, mm -hmm. to, but to get such – I mean, blackened is in my top three. Oh, absolutely. To get you such, know, a, such a, a badass classic is – that's no joke. Yeah, and I've always wanted to see that song played live. Oh, you've never seen it? I've never seen it played live, besides video, of course. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, to see it live, it's just like, wow, it's unbelievable. It's, oh, <laughs> yeah. That's kind of a bucket list. Yeah, I got to see it for the mm -hmm. first time last year, and they even kind of messed it up a little bit, but I did not mind at all. No, hell no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I mean, I, I can't play it and sing it, so. <laughs> no, exactly. I I'm can't not do judging that. that. <laughs> And then, of course, the Nothing Else Matters into Sandman. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts about that? You know, um, not in my opinion, I mean, uh, I've heard Nothing and Sandman so many times. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I can go without listening to them, honestly, but I know why they play them. Right. And, you know, 
even hearing them, I mean, it's not like, you know, you're, you're not, you know, singing along, you're in there, you know, right. you're in there yelling and, you know, giving them the fist, everything you're in there, but I know why they play it. I understand it. Was he sitting down for until the solo? Did he kick a chair for the solo? No, no okay. chair. No, no chair. No chair this time. <laughs> Just go and kick Lars for the solo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but does he do the big, uh, the big dramatic feedback thing into Sandman? No, actually, um, no feedback at all whatsoever on this one. It's just mm. like it end, like uh, nothing else matters ended, mm. and then you hear tear 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 the intro to Sandman. Right. Yeah, no feedback on this time. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if that was you know your dad said he's been wanting to go since '92. It's cool. I mean, mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's cool for someone like your dad to see Inner Sandman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and, you've seen him on video and YouTube, whatever. But right. you know, he had a good time. So what's the post-show vibe like for a family unit that's going, you guys just worn out and heading home, or you guys buzzed on the show? Um, and I was, well, let's see, my, my son was really buzzed. Like I said, he could have gone for another hour right? Uh, at least. Um, I think my dad <laughs> was ready to go age-wise. <laughs> yeah. Um, I couldn't really speak. <laughs> I had no voice. Voice was shot. Well, you've just, been, yeah, you've just been screaming for 90 minutes. Yeah, screaming, exactly. And, you know... The wife was like, okay, let's go, you know. <laughs> I like the idea of, like, the quietest moment of Nothing Else Matters and then just hone in on you screaming <laughs> screaming the lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, funny. We yeah. <laughs> no, it was all very good. I love that you were able to go with your family, dude. Just as a, mm-hmm. as a, as a family man myself, I just think that it's so interesting. That, you know, it's the big biggest heavy metal band in the world. Yeah. They invented thrash metal, et cetera. Yep. And it just has become this really great celebration where you can do that with with multi-generations and your wife mm-hmm. i gotta um, i gotta i gotta need to get some tips from you I need to figure out how to get my wife there oh um my wife she's uh, well she's you know not really a big fan of you know the first few albums she's more like black album load reload right and anything beyond that no so she was looking forward to well actually she you know she likes one mm-hmm. and you know she's hoping for unforgiven Mm. And you know, of course, they're gonna play nothing else matters. But other than that, she yeah, she she just likes going because you know, some of their music's good. Yeah, for her, just she says you know, some of their music's good. So my wife's like, are they gonna play nothing else matters eighteen times in a row? No. Okay, she's like, okay, I'm not going. <laughs> well, is, do you have any final analysis for the show, for the tour, for the record, or for your experience? No, I, well, I, you know, the, the show was just freaking amazing. I mean, everyone else, you know, down the line, I think tomorrow they play Saskatoon. He'll be here in Canada in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, that's these are the only two Canadian shows. Right. And everyone else, I mean, you guys are in for a treat. You know, really good show. Do they normally not, not do Toronto or? Well, I think they did that last summer. Okay. On their stadium, on their okay. stadium run. Right. Which is why they're not going across Canada again, because they already played them. Right. Interesting. Well, Paul, thank you so much for taking the time and letting us know. And you Yeah, know, not a problem. For it's all of us a... out here who can't go yet, I mean, my show doesn't come up for like another six months or something. So. Oh, yes, in Nashville. What I'd like to go to. <laughs> well, if you can find your way down there, we're having that big party before, and you're certainly welcome. And Yes, I've been hearing about that. Love to get down there. It was really nice to chat with you, man. Thank you for yeah, all the support too. on the yeah, show, and take care and best to you all of you and your family. Yeah, all right. Well, thanks for having me. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. 
That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects that Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look out on there and you can donate to. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash Metal Up Your Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Metal Up Your Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month. So go check it out. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Adios.